my university course now. Good, good, good. Yeah, I, I can't quite believe it. It's a, it's a, it is a university course. It's a BSc. Mm. Me. Wow, doing sciences. Yeah. A BSc. Yeah. Yeah. My well, daughter keeps saying to me, "Oh well, you know, when you when you finally decide you want to give up all this nonsense and retire, you yeah. should uh, you should do you should do another course." do it in something or you know right you know do another phd or something and i'm thinking why i mean <laughs> i don't know she said well yeah because you enjoy it i think is that enough it's a very existential question is that enough just to enjoy it do am i so caught up now with a sense of of i have to have utility it has to it has to mean something because i've spent all my time on doing things that, that have significance or doing stuff that has 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 a, you know, a meaning or a cash value or whatever yeah. Can I not just do anything just for the sake of it anymore? Um, it's like artists saying, you know, you, you, you know, it's no good just painting something just to hang up in your your house so you can enjoy it. You know, it has to. You know, you got to be able to sell it. Um, do you have to? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I, I do. Um, um, I do some. I've done some drawings and. Um, you're very yeah. You're very good. I've seen some. Of your, you, well, you sent. You gifted me some some wonderful, goth, uh, goth horror drawings. So, oh yeah, yeah. I like them. But um, it's a curious thing because you just talked about like you know do your own drawings and hang them up. Mm. and um got this like colleague at work and she wanted a picture uh like before she she got a picture from me via someone else as like a present mm. and she liked it and then she um that was last year this then she said oh can you draw uh so-and-so for me oh. I, i'm i'm yeah i'm willing to pay you whatever gosh and i'm like okay i'll do that and i've i've, I've kind of, i've done kind of done like three pictures mm. and i just want to give them to her i don't care about the money yeah i get it yeah i yeah. don't and um, mm. and it's like I worked really hard on this thing. Mm. So you created this thing, and it just feels great just to give it away because otherwise it's going to sit, you know. Right. I, yes. Maybe I can look at it again, you know, yeah, in yeah. the future. Admire your skill. Yeah. But um, but it would have it would have more significance to it would have more value, mm. perhaps existential value, to the person who asked for it than anybody else in the world. I should imagine. Yeah. Yeah, because they yeah they really wanted it. Yeah, and and yes. it was a it was like a it was a it's a the pleasure was in doing like in creating creating it, mm. and finished and then finished thing and then like giving it. That's that's where the joy comes from for me. It's like it sounds really like you know really a bit corny. No, no. But that's that 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 felt good. That like it's kind of like the payment. It's like, yeah, I'm no, doing I get it that. that okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, def- I definitely get that. I definitely get that. And we've been looking at, um, you know, we've, it's interesting. I mean, these are existential questions, kind of what has what has meaning for you, uh, what has significance and the kind of choices you make. And we've been talking about, um, you know, the likes of Sartre and so on and, uh, and been looking at the kind of, in a sense, I guess we've been looking at the light side of existentialism. Uh, the idea of making choices, being free—you're uh, not determined by an essence that makes you what you are. You can, you know, you can go your own way. You can go your own way. Um, <laughs> you can go your own. Um, uh, and that's all great. And everybody can, and, and you know you can rally around that. So yeah, yeah, it's great. You know, everything's open. You can be what you want. You can do what you want. Uh, and it's all down to the choices. But there's the kind of there's the kind of dark, miserable side of existentialism. I mean, it's just the kind of the payoff. For that freedom, that lack of determinism, um, which is nothing makes <laughs> nothing means anything. Nothing actually actually, ma- actually makes any sense yeah. um, objectively. Um, so you kind of you know you just make your own sense in a kind of Nietzschean way. Um, yeah. And I know that time. Go on. I was going to say um, that reminds me of um, uh, the way uh, Woody Allen um, thinks about existence, mm. and mm. he said this a number of times, and, and this is what he truly. You know, believes mm. he he he's really scared of the idea of of death, mm. 
and um, you know he's a big joke for it, for, it, for in some of his films like you know, the pointlessness of it all. Yeah. And said so, like one day the you know not only the Earth but all mm. all the you know the stars and the, and, the, and the galaxies and the universe will go. Mm. So what's the point? What's the point <laughs> of existence? And yeah. um, uh, and it's you know and you could say well you know we're here for the for that moment and mm. um, but he said yeah the the fear and the worry of death. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's something he constantly feels, and it's like, well, what about you know, what about art? He said it's just a distraction. Mm. That's what it is. It's the, you know, it's 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 nothing, you know, nothing much more than that. Mm. We've only got this like, little yeah. bit of time, and so we distract ourselves, and you know, we, we watch sports, and then, but you know, uh, uh, finally we, we we go back again to the idea that we're going to die. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome to the podcast, folks. <laughs> I can't get on. I, I can't get on board with it. Right. You know, I can't. My brain won't allow that. Oh, that's good. That sounds quite healthy. Yeah, uh, it's like well, I, 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 you know, the answer to 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 uh, from him for me saying, you know, the value is the wonder of the li- of life, mm. and it's amazing, and, and 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 but he would very very negatively say you know say that it's just a distraction, mm. and eventually will go, but I just can't get on that side of it. How about you? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I. I... Maybe when you get to my age. No, actually, I, I, I always felt like Woody Allen, even when I was only in my twenties. Um, it's fine. It is. It is an odd one, isn't it? Because um, Heide, I mean, you know, existentialists, people like Heidegger, for example. So that that is the, that is the kind of the ultimate, the ultimate question, that ultimate issue that human beings have to have to deal with, which is the kind of the you know the 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 temporary nature of existence, um, and you know what do you do in the face of that. Uh, you know, as you say, whether you take that, whether you take the kind of well, a nihilistic, well, end of the day, it's it's meaningless, it's pointless. Mm. So you know, why even bother putting effort in? Or, um, or you take that more kind of phenomenological thing, which is kind of we're here, we're now. Um, mm. And I mean, you talked about Woody Allen. I'm trying to remember which film it was. I think it might have been. Um, it might have been. I mean, it might have been Annie Hall. Mm. Was it a Manny Hall, Annie Hall in Manhattan? I think you might know. Um, when he thinks he thinks he's dying, he always does in in, in these movies, um, and he's getting really panic stricken and depressed and all that. So he might, and he um, he kind of has this epiphany. He goes, he, he's talking to 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 his, his girlfriend or somebody, and he says, you know, um, I was kind of way, um, wandering aimlessly around, and I found the, the cinema, and they were showing a, a Marx Brothers film. It was Duck Soup. He said, well, I've seen it a million times before. Great film. He said, I went in, I sat down. Um, I wasn't really up for it, but before too long. I was getting into it uh, again after all this time, and it was making me laugh. And suddenly it occurred to me, you know, um, they were there at that moment, having a whale of a time. They were enjoying what they were doing. They were kind of, you know, the peak of their careers. Um, they were funny. They were making people laugh and giving people entertainment and so on. And that was a, that was a moment. And you know, and and they're, they're still doing that for me now. Um, mm. So that was the, that was a moment for them, and they were having a great time up there. Um, so you know, why can't I do the same? Why can't I just be having a great time now? Doing my stuff, I don't have to kind of what you know. I don't have to sort of you know worry about the future. I just 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 do what I'm doing now, where I am. Um, mm. uh, so you know, he does have these kind of little little epiphanies about about owning owning your moment. Um, yeah, it's a difficult it's a difficult one, isn't it? It's like um, uh, it, you have to train train yourself to, mm. to 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 you know live in the moment. Living in the moment is a yeah. difficult thing. But that's yeah, that's the um, you know the kind of tragedy, isn't it? That watching a film, I always think of. Casablanca, because it's one of my favourite films of all oh, time, yeah, and film. it's like it's like all the you know all the actors and, and uh, you know all the all the uh, scenery is all there waiting for me to press play again. Mm. 
Yes. And then they're going to do this amazing thing, and, it'll, yeah. and that, yeah. at that moment, it's fantastic, and it, it will end. Yeah. And again, yeah. we can pl- press play again, and yeah. go through all those all those yeah, yeah. Uh, sequences yeah. again, and and that is not that's not existence, is it? That's we just we just keep going and changing. Yeah, and, um, yes. but then again, I mean, you know, Humphrey Bogart, interesting enough, makes 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 the point, doesn't he, in, in the film when he's talking to Elisa, uh, um, that you know, uh, we'll always have Paris, and mm-hmm. you know, it's kind of you know, the, the all the choices we make, yeah. and the experiences we have, um, we carry with us. They make us what we are. Um, they perhaps, in you know, his relationship with her, perhaps made him a better person, and yeah. made him more more, you know, made him made him well. A better person, according to some notes. Well, so he's fact, more he, self-sacrificial, and he's less, yeah. and he's less kind of, he's less sort of, uh, less selfish, uh, and he makes, he, he, you know, he makes sacrifices for for the greater good. Now, you know, um, that that's that's a moral decision you make, but uh, I think the message of the film here is that he becomes yeah. a better man for it. Well, he, he says, doesn't he? Um, uh, we'll always have Paris. We didn't have it. Hmm. Yes. But we got it back. We got it back, yeah. We got it back. So um, that's just you know perspective on. Uh, so these events happened, but yeah. the perspective the perspective on them changed. Mm, yes. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And that kind of and I think that that resonates with with I mean, you know, with uh, with Nietzsche. I mean, he talks about the whole business about kind of you know making choices and 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 you know making existential decisions and not being apathetic and not letting these things be done to you because he says and the problem there is that human beings are, are basically uh, what he calls contingent contingency is the big deal for for um for Sartre that um that's in the same way as Heidegger says we're kind of thrown into the world that kind of thrown into the world mm. Heidegger talks about situatedness you're just there boom situated in the world and all these things kind of come at you um Kind of whether you like it or not, irrespective mm. of you, and then you have to decide what you do with them. And 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 Sartre says this is the thing: human beings don't have an essence they bring to the party. Um, we are just thrown unmade into the world, and we are contingent. In other words, things happen to us, um, and as these things happen to us, we make choices and decisions about what we're going to do about those things. Uh, mm. And as we make those choices, uh, you know, we we. I'm mean, I'm playing at the moment. Those of you who are big games players, I'm playing a. a, a, a uh, very well-respected role-playing game that came out recently called Baldur's Gate Three, mm-hmm. um, uh, and it's 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 a it's a it's a, a masterclass in in that kind of non-linear narrative, um, such that I'm getting existential angst playing it because every decision you make, every decision you make, um, the things you say to people, and um, the objects you pick up, the parts of the world you go to first, um, mm-hmm. all those kinds of things will determine not only the way that the, the world reacts to you but how your character evolves and develops such that you know you'll make a decision and you'll make a decision yeah you'll make a decision you'll do something uh and it will shut down a whole area of 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 the game in the sense you know well these people won't talk to you anymore Mm. um you can't do this anymore which shuts down some choices but opens up other ones for you and it's just i'm sitting there thinking oh god i really need to i really need a crib sheet i need to go Mm. to the net to see what people watch i should you know I do once or twice. I, I have once or twice done that because I couldn't bear to make the wrong the wrong choice because I wanted to make this. I wanted to make a particular path. Um, but the way to play it is just is just to, to roll the dice and to say, okay, I've decided. I ne- I generally decide to be. I can't play a bad character in a game. I I'm, I just feel I just feel too bad stitching people. <laughs> Even in a game, you know, I was talking to yeah. my daughter about this. And we said, just you know, we're just too empathic. We just feel even we feel people's virtual pain. Um, so then I can't I can't possibly let these people suffer. I've got to do this. Um, I've it- got to be the good guy. This game's got to the point where it it does feel more organic, or mm. is it like you know, like um, 
uh, you know, like a pachinko ball goes down and it mm. goes like yeah. random places, but it's still mechanical. Yeah, yeah. It does. I mean, it does. I, mean, I don't know the al- algorithms behind it all, and I'm sure there's a lot of AI that goes into these things. But it does seem very organic. I mean, you know, if you if you deal with somebody in a particular way, then they will respond to you in a particular way. Um, so you know, if you're if you're shown to be a little bit kind of curt with somebody, then they're going to be a bit standoffish with you. Um, mm. But there are also kind of random things built in as well. You know, you can take a chance. By using a particular skill that might make you more behave, persuasive or more aggressive, or whatever, and that may or may not work depending on who you're with. So um, it does mirror some of these 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 kind of existential decisions. That, you know, that, that Sartre says, you know, we're contingent. You know, things. You know, we come into the world, things stick to us. There, 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 there are no. There's no foundation. There's nothing you're standing on. You have to build your own foundations. Um, and it is very Nietzschean in a sense. I mean, Nietzsche was the kind of the the, 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 the proto kind of thinker for this. Um, there is no, in a sense, there is no grand narrative. There is no kind of, you know, in a sense, there is no, if, you know, in a sense, once you abandon the idea of uh, of a transcendental being, maybe some mm. sort of transcendental guide, it does it does raise a lot of questions. Either the universe, you know, either the universe makes sense uh, and it's structured and it's guided by some kind of rational being that's kind of got some plan for it, um, or it's accidental, um, uh, in which case in everything's up for grabs. Um, uh, and, you know, Sartre goes with the, well, it's just accidental. Everything's up for grabs. You know, religion is really there. Um, as Feuerbach suggested, because we can't cope with that. Most of us just can't cope um, with just, being alone <laughs> in, the, in, yeah. in a meaningless universe. So we have to find something to give us mean, order and meaning and sense. Um, but mm. there's nothing there. And that's what, yeah, and that's that's when he started. I mean, this is, this is the theme that comes out of his, um, his novel, Nausea. Mm. Um, where somebody discovers this, uh, Raquinton, looks like a, 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 a historian, um, um, realizes that you know the universe is, is meaningless, life is banal, um, uh, and in a very trivial way. I mean, he's just—he's not, you know, it's just—he's—he's he's just doing something ordinary. And the thing is, as a historian, you know, he—he's—he's he's been trained to think about the continuity of history and cause and effect and how, you know, and, and, and that sort of thing. Um, and he has this kind of, you know, he has what, what Sartre calls this kind of attack of nausea, this kind of dreadful kind of feeling of, of unease and sickness and so on. Mm. Um, when, um, when he realises, he says, you know, that we're living in a kind of a, 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 an indifferent world, a world that doesn't care about us particularly. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, so then he has to think, well, I've got to try and find meaning for myself. And that's a real challenge. You know, either meaning is out there to be discovered or mm. you have to engineer it. Um, and then that re- raises the question: um, If you're engineering it, how how real is it? You know, once you're gone, then that's that that index has gone, perhaps. Um, hmm. it's, uh, yeah, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's not, yeah, it's not a happy thought. <laughs> it occurred to me that it occurred to me that um, when we, you know, when we view reality, when we view the world, uh, there seems to be. Um, we as humans we have some abilities like we have i I try to explain to um, uh, my daughter about um how i view god Mm. these days oh well done and uh it's very difficult for me because i don't you know i'm not uh religious but i understand the like i understand there's a concept of god Mm. and as human as human beings we have we have the capacity to grasp a concept of God, even though it's really difficult to mm. uh, to put it into words. Mm. And then, just as we were talking, um, I, I thought perhaps we also have the kind of capacity to 
uh, grasp the idea of a world without God. In effect, in 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 the yeah you know, the the kind of inverse of that, like the mm. nothingness. Yeah. Yes. Um, but obviously, uh, someone like uh, Kant would, uh, would 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 say we wouldn't be able to do that. No, right? No, it's not. It's beyond the categories of thought. We can't think those those thoughts. But we, isn't God beyond the category of, of thought as well? Mm. Well, I think. Well, yeah, Kant definitely says that it's, it's, it, that God is beyond the category of thought, which is why um, I think he kind of follows a sort of uh, Cartesian thing that you know God is a is a sort of transcendental. Um, category, well, not a transcendental category of thought, uh, mm. but God, in a sense, has to be has to be assumed. Um, he says, because otherwise nothing makes uh. sense. It's, it's kind of human, in a sense, you know. That, that although we can't prove it, we have to just assume the universe will make sense. We have to assume that there's a divine lawgiver, even though we can't prove it rationally. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise, you know, all the things that we do in the world would make no sense, and we couldn't do science. And we, you know, I mean, Hume is the ultimate sceptic on this, because you know, if, if you don't believe the universe makes sense, that there's some sort of divine lawgiver, um, then you, have, you can have no confidence in mm. science. So in a sense, there's a kind, there's a kind of tacit understanding of, of, of um, the kind of existential... Sorry, I'm just rattling a thing of Tic Tacs here. Oh, that's what you're calling them these days. Yeah, that's what, we're, that's what, the, that's what the kids are calling them now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've been doing some DIY in the, in the back bedroom, and I think <clears throat> I've got a bit of plaster <clears throat> reasons a bit of plaster dust yeah yeah i mean hume's you know hume kind of says well if you want to take a purely logical stance we've, we've mentioned this in another, another podcast nothing can be proved mm. everything everything could be an illusion um descartes probably right um but we have to assume it we have to believe it otherwise we probably would otherwise we probably would throw ourselves off a, off a cliff that's why I was trying to link that with what you were saying before about Sartre and uh, was it Roquentin? What's the name? McQuentin, yeah. So yeah, he, he, uh, I remember Joseph Campbell making fun of that. <laughs> so he feels sick. Yeah, he feels a little <laughs> yeah, bit queasy. Nausea, nausea yeah. feels sick. Yeah. Um, so, do we go around really, even as philosophers, do we go around in despair, thinking there's no answer? Do is that something that's yeah, or or is it something that's you know quite rare? Mm, mm. You know, it's, that's what I was thinking. Is like we, we do we really do have the you know um, capacity to kind of understand that we're in some kind of uh, no foundation to it for any meaning, but we're still here. Like you know, like Hume is, talks about going on and playing billiards with his with his yeah. mates or whatever. Yeah. Because you kind of have to, really. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's almost yeah. I mean, that's right. Yeah, I mean, Hume says, you know, there is there there are the kind of the two sides. There's the there's the, there's the purely rational side, which says that, as we said before, um, that uh, all the things we we consider to be natural laws are things that have happened consistently in the past, um, but we can't predict they will continue to do that. Mm. Um, why should they? I mean, all we can say is they always have. Um, but we have no basis. We have no kind of vantage point to stand back and say, "Ah, yes, well, I can see into the future, and it'll always it'll always happen that way." All we can say is it has happened all these times, so we assume it will continue to happen this time, um, and we have to assume it because, uh, you know, otherwise, what else have we got? So, when I'm doing my philosophy, he says, mm. um, I will argue strongly um, that it can't be proved, um, uh, and 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 all our kind of rationality is based on belief um, and faith. In a kind of Kierkegaardian sense, um, but he says, but um, you know, in in the in the real world, um, I just act as if these mm. things are true and these things are laws and these things will continue forever. Um, he says, no, you, you've got to live with that that you've got to live with that tension. And that's quite a brave thing to say back then um, to, yeah. to hold these things in tension. Um, and see, I mean, Sartre says that you know, 
um, I mean, this is anecdotal, and I, and and it you know, may not be. He says that um, he remembers um, kind of experiencing his 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 kind of nausea sort of epiphany as a youngster, um, mm. coming out of a cinema, um, and he says that um, you know, he remembers coming out of the cinema and thinking, oh, what a great film. Um, and then realizing that the film, one of the things that made him feel comfortable about watching the film is it was linear. Hmm. So you have a starting point, um, and the film travels, you know, through the projector at a particular speed, and, um, and there's a narrative to it because it's been designed and it has a beginning and a middle and end, and that denouement kind of is is hopefully kind of satisfying as an end point, uh, and you're you're sort of waiting for it, um, even if it's not very pleasant, you know that there's going to be an end, something's going to wrap it up, um, and then it made him realise that that um, that. There's a necess- there's a necessity there that one thing follows another and it's it, there's a necessary conclusion. He said, but that's not how the world works. We mm. do, we are not. And postmoderns talk about the kind of the grand narrative. There is no grand narrative. Say say postmodern theory. There is no story we're a part of. There's no you know. Um, it's just random. Um, so we are not part of a film. We're not part of that story. Mm. Uh, we're part of a kind of a random, unpredictable. Uh, uh, contingent world uh, uh, and he said that shocked him prof- uh, that was a real kind of shocking moment for him mm. to think gosh you know, that because we like to feel we've got a play we like to feel we're, we're in it we're, you know, we're kind of you know lead lead players in our in our in our own moving yeah um, um, and I think you know we some of us I think you and I would settle for just being bit part characters in our own movie <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah. just anything that would say yeah I belong here I've got a script uh, and you know, I've got uh, you know, there's a there's a direction of flow, there's a trajectory for the story, um, and I'm supposed to be here. We like that idea. This is this is something. I'm, this is what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, and um, but for people like Nietzsche, uh, for people like like Sartre and Nietzsche to say, well, you know, there isn't unless unless you make it so. Yeah. Um, it's um it's it's quite um it's quite rattling. I think it's unless you make it so. Yeah. Um, it's um, it's it's quite um, it's quite rattling. <laughs>